Hello everyone, welcome to the Firearms Cafe. This is your host, Tony Brown. Today is Sunday, the 26th of October, 2008. First, I'd like to say thank you for choosing to subscribe to or download or listen to the podcast at the website. However you do it, like I said, is fine with me. I'm just glad to have you as a listener. If you're interested in other pro-rights and pro-freedom podcasts, we have several over at the Gun Rights Radio Network. And there is also the forums over there that you can join and you can have discussions with the other podcasters as well. So it seems as the election date looms closer and closer, many of us in the podcasting community and also in the pro-rights and pro-freedom community are asking ourselves the question, what happens when Obama gets in? And it seems like, unfortunately, that question has changed from what we were asking ourselves a few weeks ago, which was, what would happen if Obama got in? And unfortunately, as like I said on the last show, I believe that Obama will probably be our next president. And if that happens, we need to ask ourselves some questions. And the questions that we need to ask are, what type of an administration would he have? Who do you think he would appoint? What type of people would he surround himself with once he feels that he no longer has to curry favor to win an election? So he's got the job. He's in office. So we have to ask ourselves, well, where did Obama cut his political teeth? Where did he learn how politics works? Where did he learn how to get things done on the political arena? And the answer to that question is Chicago. And unfortunately, Chicago is probably one of the most corrupt city governments in our country today. And if you don't believe me, just go and listen to Sean Horton over at the Militant Marksman. He gives example after example after example of the corruption, of the backdoor politics that goes on there, and of how the will of the people is constantly overlooked, and how their elected officials, more often than not, are criminals. So again, if we look at that background of where Obama comes from, where does his his political mentors come from? What we see is it's a background of thug politics, again in backdoor deals and corruption. And the philosophy of that system is one of, you know, I will decide what is best for the little people. It doesn't matter what they want or what they even voted for. I'm going to have the final say because I'm enlightened. I know best. Now that is also Obama's attitude. And we see evidence of that when we hear those excerpts from his speech that he gave at the San Francisco fundraising event. So I'll go ahead and play that for you now. Uh, But the truth is is that our challenge is to get people persuaded that we can make progress uh, when there's no evidence of that in their daily lives. And you go into some of these small towns in, in, in Pennsylvania, a lot of, like a lot of small towns in the Midwest, yeah, the jobs have been gone now for 25 years and nothing's replaced it. And they've gone through the Clinton administration and the Bush administration, and each successive administration has said that somehow these communities are going to regenerate, and they have not. Well, it's not surprising then that they get better and they cling to 
guns or religion or uh, antipathy towards people who aren't like them or anti-immigrant sentiment or you know, anti-trade sentiment. And a way to explain their frustrations. So after listening to that short clip, we're all very familiar with part of his speech about people being bitter and clinging to guns and religion as a way to explain some frustrations that we have about the economy. But he also says some things that are very important and things that really reflect that he is a part of a liberal elite, that he knows much better than we do, and therefore we shouldn't question anything. And we see that over and over again. We're not to question anything about him. We can't question his patriotism. We can't question his associations. And the thing that he talked about in that speech a little bit was he talked about that most Americans don't have the ability to have any understanding or empathy with anybody who is in the slightest bit different than we are. He also talked that we don't understand immigration and that we don't understand trade. So again, we see the belief that he knows better and he knows best. So basically, again, that kind of elitist attitude. Now that brings me back to the question of what do I think his administration would do in regards to Second Amendment issues? And what I really believe that he would do and his administration would really try and push for would be a national registration of all firearms. Not a state registration, but a national registration. Uh, and I think he would guise it under the uh, auspices uh, well, this would be a way to prove your ownership. And if your gun was ever stolen, if your firearm happened to be uh, picked up by the police in a situation like uh, what had happened during Hurricane Katrina down in New Orleans, that the government would have this national database and we could look that up and go ahead and get your weapons back to you uh, once the crisis had been averted or once things got ironed out. But you shouldn't be fooled by that because national registration, as we all know, is the first step into confiscation of weapons. Because you cannot confiscate a firearm if you don't know who has them. And our country is too big and too vast for them to really go door to door and kick in all the doors and search every single home. Uh, but if they have a list of people that have them, then they don't have to do that. Well, that's about going to do it for today. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. I hope you uh, guys got something out of this. I hope you uh, have gotten some food for thought, so to speak. Let me take this time to remind you to go over to Gun Rights Radio Network and check out some of our other podcasts. We have several podcasters over there. Uh, don't forget that if, as a listener, if you would like to talk about uh, or do a gun review on a firearm that you have, uh, you can go over to the uh, Gun Review Podcast, and that's set up just for you guys to be able to do a review. And like I said on a previous show, uh, it doesn't have to necessarily be a technical thing. You can uh, even just tell a story about, uh, you know, this was a gun that my grandfather had when we used to go hunting, and when he passed, he gave it, you know, it came to me, and, and this is what it means to me. So it can be even something like that. You know, we like to hear those kind of stories, and, and uh, we can all relate to those. I also wanted to take some time to uh, give a couple of quick shout-outs to a couple of the guys over on the forums, and that reminds me that, uh, again, go over to the forums, sign up there. You can get um, 
a lot of good news. Uh, you can interact with some of the other listeners as well as some of the other podcasters as well. I'd also like to uh, say thanks to Mick and Miguel for the kind words on the forum. I appreciate it, and uh, I appreciate your feedback and responses. Uh, feel free to go ahead and leave me some more. I always get a kick out of uh, seeing that somebody has got something out of one of my shows. Uh, again, this is going to be a pretty short show. Um, it was just something that had kind of struck me, so I wanted to go ahead and just get something out there. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up for today. So as always, stay safe, and we'll save a spot for you at our table at the Firearms Cafe. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Gun Rights Radio Network. Podcasting freedom. GunRightsRadio.com